This episode of Cut the Foreplay is proudly brought to you by Showmax. If you want to binge on your HBOs, your ABCs, your BBCs, your Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., Super Sport, Boomerang, or Cartoon Network, girl, what are you waiting for? Just clickety-clack-clack and make it happen. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Nadia Favre. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. This is something that I wanted to do, something that I've been wanting to address semi-formally for many moons, and I feel like today is the motherfucking day. Let's start with a public service announcement, shall we? This is a show where we don't merely tolerate people. You know, it's not like, if you are doing it, you can't do it, but don't do it in front of me I'd rather die like I <laughs> I hate it when people say that this is a show where we welcome everybody where we're clearly silly and uh, all have our baggage but we help each other and we're kind to each other and we applaud each other and we encourage each other what I'm trying to say is come as you are as long as you're coming I'm happy for you and yes I meant that with a CU and not a CO okay <laughs> we are all different races and genders and sexualities and I'm here to explore every single part of that. PSA end. Dead. PSA is finished. This PSA is done. I want this episode to be both uh, fun and informative. I'm here to open your mind and your let. Not gonna go there. I'm here to to enlighten the both of us because there's some things that I don't quite understand and I thought it would be best for us to speak it through each other. And body roll, body roll, body roll. Go, Nadia. Woo! Woo! I'm breathless and I'm doing it while sitting down. Damn! Um, the schedule is as follows. We're going to talk about uh, a bunch of different aspects of the LGBTQ plus community and then members of it. I want to dive into Wentworth Miller and the new Prison Break reboot. I want to talk about a transgender beauty queen in New Zealand and moles, not the ones on your face or like spies. Fuck, I wish I should just watch Spy Kids. What a good movie. Never forget that the boy Junie from uh, Spy Kids has given it to Megan Trainer. Like, they were buying some sex toys together and they looked so happy. And I have to think of that every time I watch Spy Kids and it grosses me out. And every time I think of it, I have to tell you so we can be in the same boat. Intersex moles is what I want to talk about. I'll be giving you bits and bobs of info in between. We've got the horny book club at the end of the episode. And Mara's going to get you uh, tingly and moist. Let's begin. In 1948, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> in 1948, could I be whiter? Oh my god, first of all, before I even go anywhere, the other day I was shopping for Christmas decorations and I turned to my best friend and I went, wow, that's nifty. <laughs> god. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers for myself. In 1948, the Kinsey scale was created. If you don't know what that is, I'm about to change your mouth. 
in life. The Kinsey scale, also called the heterosexual homosexual rating scale. Wow, I, I did it again. Homosexual. <laughs> Nadia, just start again. The Kinsey scale, also called the heterosexual homosexual rating scale, is used to research to describe a person's sexual orientation based on one's experience or response at any given time. The scale typically ranges from zero, meaning exclusively heterosexual, to six, meaning exclusively homosexual. You must be like, what in the fucking rainbow are you talking about? Well, I have the scale here. Let's start. Rating and description as follows. Zero. Exclusively heterosexual. One. Predominantly heterosexual, only incidentally homosexual. Gay by accident. Number two. Predominantly heterosexual, but more than incidentally homosexual. Gay by not so accident. Number three. Equally heterosexual and homosexual, aka bisexuals or pansexuals. Number four, predominantly homosexual, but more than incidentally heterosexual. Hella gay, but sometimes like, okay, 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 I see you opposite gender. Number five, predominantly homosexual, only incidentally heterosexual. Touching pinkies with someone of the opposite sex by mistake. Number six, exclusively heterosexual. Glitter in the air, taking dick for days. X, no sociosexual contacts or reactions, which is asexuality and we will dive into that because that is a spectrum of its own, my friend. Now that you have said scale, let's jump into this. I am a total zero for Wentworth Miller. Let me... <laughs> Heavy heterosexual feelings for Wentworth Miller is what's happening in my body. And I'm sure a lot of people, whether men falling for him or women falling for him, this guy was a sexual awakening. I don't even like people with light eyes, but... Mother Mary and Joseph, that is a fine piece of ass. Wentworth Miller will not take part in the next prison break, aka the season that's supposed to be coming up soon times. The American actor who plays Michael Schofield explained his decision to bow out of the series in a lengthy Instagram post, citing his lack of desire to wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, play straight characters. I have so many feelings about this, but let's dive into the story a little bit deeper. He says, quote, oh, do not say deep when you're talking about this man, Nadia. Get it together. Like, I'm supposed to be informative and not be a horn dog. So <laughs> okay, that's, I'm professional. Professional Nadia professionally take a seat on his face. He said, quote, from his beautiful, full lips. <laughs> I take seriously the possibility of queer kids visiting here. Recently out of the closet or exploring the idea, I don't want them exposed to this bullshit. He wrote before breaking the news on a related note, I'm out of prison break officially. He's not left the series due to static on social media, although that has centered the issue. He just doesn't want to play straight characters because their stories have been, quote, told and told and told, unquote. I absolutely agree with you young man because in the original show he played a white dude who was straight and literally neither of those things are him and I say this because like I, I find in Kenya people are so conservative or pseudo conservative surface level conservative to the point where they watch TV and they're completely kosher with it being white straight characters because they're like it's fine as long as this western bullshit of homosexuality isn't portrayed. You're telling me a straight black man in Kenya is okay with watching Hilary Duff as a protagonist 300,000 times and he's like, yeah, I can totally relate to Cadet Kelly. Yeah, that feels about right. This is in fact what dreams are made of. No motherfucker. 
better, you get to watch yourself sometimes. You get diversity with race, you get diversity with sexuality, and it's okay, we will all move on in this life of ours. First of all, or 15th of all, when I went to said place where I said, oh, that's nifty, I was joking to my friend that in Kenya, all of the frames when they're being sold have mediocre white women uh, in the picture from 2002. And she was like, that's so random. We turn the corner and we look at the frames. Who's in there? H. Dizzle herself, Miss Hillary Duff, Miss Lizzie McGuire, or in that one episode where they are on that uh, random game show, a Mexican one, the guy goes, Gordo, Miranda, and Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> I love mispronouncing things like Milikiris. That's a good song, that one. We can't stop by Milikiris. Okay, I've I've really like I don't even know where what I was talking about anymore. Uh... Oh yes, the man I'd like to peg. Um uh so between 2005 and 2008 was the main show and then they revived the role for a nine episode season in 2017. Now, although the season wasn't as well received as its predecessors, a sixth has been heavily rumored over the past year. And I've seen this on Twitter many a time with Wentworth Miller's co-star Dominic Purcell admitting that he's keen on the return. I think he's keen on the return because he's not getting any other jobs. Have you seen him in anything? I haven't. Him and his wide jaw. That was a big man. That one is a big man. I love this post that he has on Instagram because he ends it with the sassiest line, very on brand. He says, if you're hot and bothered because you fell in love with a fictional straight man played by a real gay one, that's your work. <laughs> I'm not hot and bothered. I'm just hot. I'm just hot for you. I appreciate that he's a gay guy. It's part of his sex appeal to me. I don't want him to be straight. I just want to love him from afar as a gay man. And how dare we even try to talk about sexuality when we haven't talked about sex and gender. Now, sex and gender are often used interchangeably despite having different meanings. And this has bothered me so much because I've had conversations with people that I deem enlightened that have disappointed me and people that I thought were absolute idiots that have enlightened me instead. And it's such a weird conversation because there's so much confusion surrounding it. Now, sex refers to a set of biological attributes in humans and animals, aka I have a vagina. That's how I got my sex. Gender refers to socially constructed roles, behaviors, expressions, and identities of girls, women, boys, men, and gender diverse people, aka things that were just pulled out of people's ass and then assigned as part of that gender. So men initially wore high heels because they didn't want to get blood on their clothes when they were butchers. Pink was initially a color for boys and it was switched over in about the 50s. So now pink is for girls and blue is for boys and it's a very limited version of femininity. There are stereotypes that you're supposed to follow if you have certain kinds of genitals and some people don't subscribe to that and then they're given a hard time over it. Now that we understand that there's a definite difference between sex and gender, I want to blow your mind a little bit by talking about moles. And when I talk about moles, I don't only think about Junie from Spy Kids and Megan Trainor absolutely raw-dogging it and mangling each other physically. I also think about Enrique Iglesias, RIP to the mole that was on his upper lip that he took away. He was sexy with the mole, Without the mole, he's just some dude who lets the rhythm take him over. Tonight we dance. 
Smalls have a pretty tough life, especially when they're on celebrities' faces because they get cut off. Moles have a pretty tough. Moles have a pretty tough life. Okay, they live underground in the dark, burrowing through heavy dirt. And when faced with an enemy, there's nowhere to run, and they have to fight. Now, in most mammals, females tend to be at a disadvantage when it comes to face-to-face -face combat because they tend to be smaller and less aggressive than males. Female, aka genitals, female, not female. Woman assigned construct that is made up, which is gender. You see that? Wow, magic. New information. But female moles, plot twist, have evolved a secret weapon, a hybrid organ made up of both ovarian and testicular tissue. This effectively makes them intersex, giving them an extra dose of testosterone to make them just as muscular and aggressive as male moles. What? Yo, the nerd in me is getting a absolute scientific boner right now. Quote, as a consequence, basically the whole body of the female gets masculinized. Unquote. Said geneticist Dario blah, blah, blah. I can't pronounce his uh, last name, but for the purposes of talking about sex, sexuality, gender, I'm going to call him Dr. D. <laughs> I need to relax today. Same genes, different instructions. It is the title of the study that Dr. D conducted. Now, the team worked with certain moles commonly found in Spain and Portugal. However, this intersex adaptation has been documented in at least six more species of moles. Like, these guys are out here just fucking it up, having a good time. So we know that intersexuality happens in species like humans, uh, dogs, and cats, but the difference actually in moles, it happens all the time, so all the females are intersexual. And this is is really something unique among mammals, Dr. D says. I love Dr. D! Now, there's a whole mess of crap in terms of what has to happen genetically for this to actually occur. As a result of these different genetic instructions, the moles develop an organ made up of both ovarian and testicular tissue. This organ called blah, 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 still functions as an ovary but doesn't produce sperm. It does, however, produce the same large amounts of testosterone as found in male moles. Basically, what we're trying to say is that men are so trash that even as tiny species such as moles, they have to pretend to be men so they don't get attacked. The hormonal boost means that females and males are roughly the same size, equally muscular and equally aggressive. Even their external genitalia looks alike with the female's clitoris protruding much like the male's penis. What? This is wild. Also, if this actually happens for the human race, I'm gonna fucking cut anyone who tries to steal the fact that my button is gonna be pressed and I'm gonna go, it's morphin' time! I've coined it. Fuck off, everyone. So since today is uh, centered around the beauty of diversity, the beauty of ambiguity, I thought I would suggest some great LGBTQ plus content on Showmax and you guys could watch it, then tweet me, it's not a favorite, let me know what you think of them, or if you have any more suggestions for me, make it sexy, make it flamboyant, make it a good time, and I'm here for that energy. So I more recently uh, watched Colette. If you are a sucker for Kira Knightley and a period piece and a biopic, this is the one for you. It is about the life of a woman named Colette, who's a writer and her husband takes credit for her work. And in between, a whole bunch of things happen. She's a powerhouse, there's a lot of growth, and she is bisexual in it, but it's not introduced in a heavy kind of 
of way. It's just kind of like a sidebar. This is a thing that's happening, which I applaud because most LGBTQ plus movies or shows are always centered around the struggle of it, which is totally understandable. But at the same time, sometimes people just want to be happy. Put it out there. The second suggestion that I have is the L Word uh, original and then the L Word Generation Q. I don't have to say much about this because it's an absolute classic. It's a bunch of lesbians in Los Angeles, but it is also centered around generally the spectrum of the LGBTQ plus community. Skeef looks amazing. It's coming out uh, 23rd of November on Showmax. Now this documentary shines light on the lives of the LGBTQ plus people in South Africa and queer identity in general. It has a presenter named Ronaldo Schwarp and he travels South Africa chatting to people from all walks of life, including a bunch of comedians and it's all the good stuff. Really excited to watch that. Uh, Boy Erased looks good. My girl Nicole Kidman is in it. The son of a Baptist preacher who is forced to participate in a church-supported gay conversion program after being forcibly outed to his parents. That one, spoiler alert, looks heavy as a motherfucker, but I'm sure all entertaining and all enlightening. Though not obviously strongly centered around queerness, Billions has an intersex character, so much appreciate the diversity in Gen Z's. I'll have a poll up on uh, Twitter, that's It's Nadia Favier on Twitter, where you guys can let me know what you want me to review for the next Nadia Quarantino. Yeah. Here's something that I never thought that I would be addressing, but I'm so happy to be here in this little position, is a transgender Filipino woman has made history fucking finally after being the first to achieve highly coveted title of Miss Intercontinental New Zealand in 2020. This is huge for many reasons. Woman of color. Transgender. Also, I don't know if you know this, but... Filipinos in terms of uh, beauty pageants is the same as Kenyans with running or people from New Zealand with rugby. This shit ain't a joke to them, so good on them for winning this. Ariel Keel, 26 years old, was born in Davao City, Philippines as a boy named Andrew but grew up in uh, New Zealand, underwent gender reassignment surgery earlier this year. This glamorous trailblazer, and when I say glamorous, honey, do I mean it. I have to post up a picture because she's stunning, so she says the pageant was an amazing experience it's something I've wanted to do for the longest time so to actually live out my dream has been amazing now Ariel who is studying for a fashion design bachelor's degree reveals that coming out as a transgender woman was more terrifying than telling people about being a gay man and my I don't want children but if I were to ever have kids I would make them come out to me for everything if you're gonna be a meat eater you gotta sit me down and say mama I don't care about the environment I want to eat steak and I'd be like oh my god honey child no and then if you come out to me as like hey mom I'm straight I'm gonna be like oh my god does this mean we have to shop at Old Navy (sighs) (laughs) I just don't want the expectation of having a straight meat eating one race child this nuclear family everybody has a mold to fit in no just like kind of live your best and when you want to tell me that you want to pursue something you tell me but there's no judgment or no fear or none of those strange kind of boxed in feelings that you have that the world has created She explained that despite being aware that the way people view her would change, she decided to be openly transgender to avoid having any regrets later in life. Live it, honey! Yes, I always say this because the people that are talking smack about you are not the ones laying down next to you at night and are not the ones that are going to console you when you're having a shit life because you're refusing to be yourself. Ariel said, quote, I had already spent the formative years of my life as the wrong gender. I didn't want to waste my 20s in the wrong body either. 
Hey, this way of thinking really helped me come out to my parents because I knew the, that whatever their reaction was, this was something I needed to do for myself. So the 26-year-old who began transitioning in 2017 was initially kicked out by her parents who struggled to support her decision. When Ariel's parents found out she was undergoing hormone treatment, they gave her an ultimatum either stop or leave home. That night, she packed up everything she owned into a black trash bag and walked out knowing that literally her entire life was up in the air. I just don't understand why parents would have children if their love is conditional. They're like, it's just, <laughs> it's a weird Russian roulette game because they're like, here are all the boxes that the kids need to tick. If they don't tick that, we're gonna throw them out on the road, lols. And every night they're like, good night, I love you. And you're like, do you really love me though, you know? That's wild. People are crazy. Living is an extreme sport on its own. So Ariel saved up some money and elected to go get the surgery in Thailand. $15,000, it's called the top to bottom procedure that involves breast implants and vaginoplasty. Achieving the title of Miss Intercontinental New Zealand 2020 is not unprecedented when it comes to pageants around the globe. A lady named Angela Marie became the first transgender woman to compete in the Miss Universe contest after claiming the title of Miss Spain in 2018. Hey! Before that, Ariel hero, Jenna Talakov, won a lengthy legal battle in 2012, which allowed her to compete in the Miss Canada pageant. Canada, why are you protesting this? You are so pro-transgender, but then I guess it, it's limited. It's You're like those parents with their conditional love. All these people achieving wonderful things, but having to go through struggle to do them feels extremely unnecessary to me. Why does nobody want to just body roll and have a good time? Instead, you're all up in each other's bitch. Goodness. Let's check in here. How many letters of the of the spectrum have we covered? We've covered G, we've covered T, we've covered I. I will talk about asexuality in a second. Oh, L. I mean, I guess she hasn't officially come out as a lesbian, but Kristen Stewart is who I want to talk about. She has a new holiday movie, a rom-com that follows the story of Abby, aka Kristen, and Harper, aka Mackenzie Davis, a lesbian couple who attend the latter's annual family Christmas party. And, um... <laughs> Here's the trailer. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away over summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally gonna meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. Hi! Hi. I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. You don't need to be. I cannot believe I've got all my daughters under one roof. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? This is why I avoid Christmas. It brings out the worst in everything. I've always skated circles around you. <laughs> I love it when they do this. You're such a cheater! Makes it so fun. No, Liz! Just be yourself. But don't lie. You're a very bad liar. Riley! Harper. This is Abby. Abby is my orphan roommate. We, I am an orphan, but we live together as friends. Um, like acquaintances. Oh, please don't. Yeah. Ring out I can relate to being in love with somebody that is too afraid to show the world who they are. Ah! What are you doing in the closet? Uh, have I been good in 
I'm here to rescue you. Are you the ex-boyfriend? Yes, I am very sexually attracted to her. Mm. A female. I nailed that, and she is fabulous. Do you know how painful it's been to watch the person that I love hide me? I am not hiding you. I am hiding me. Everybody's story is different. Just because Harper isn't ready doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Abby, honey, are you okay? Huh? Morning. I'm sorry about all this mess. Morning, kids. Morning. Honey, I'm headed to the office. Have a good day. You know I will. Lastly, when it comes to the A, the A stands for asexuality, which is an entire world of its own. And I feel like I don't have enough knowledge to properly navigate through this. So I'm just going to tell you what it is. Asexuality is a lack of sexual attraction to others or low or absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. A lot of people don't discuss this because they think it's a lack of sexual orientation because it doesn't involve physically touching anyone. But to me, that is false. I think it's valid as a sexual orientation, not wanting to pursue something with someone on a physical level or wanting less of it is completely valid. I think people can be attracted to people romantically and not physically or sometimes a little bit physically but not so much romantically. There's variations of feelings that you can have for other people and it's quite simple. I would actually, and I've been sitting on this for quite a while, sitting on this idea, I would love to speak to someone who falls anywhere on the asexual spectrum. Not for you to be, you know, our seeing eye dog into this community, rather for us to have an open discussion and so we can both learn uh, from each other. Because I know it's not your duty to, to enlighten the rest of us. But it would be a fun conversation to have. So if there's anyone out there who's listening who feels like they identify with asexuality, then get at me, tweet me, it's Nadia Favor, and let me know. We'll have a chitty chat. It's gonna be a good time. Because I said I would cover the entire spectrum of the human existence, which is a tough thing to do in 30 minutes. Uh, we mentioned asexuality and we will elaborate on that in later episodes. But right now, the opposite of that, some very horny people welcome to the third episode, a short story about a female scientist that falls in love with the coronavirus when she's supposed to be curing it. This book is written by MJ Edwards, will be narrated by Anne Mora, accompanied by Kamal Kaur as the protagonist and Nick Ndetta as the coronavirus itself. So without further ado, The Horny Book Club! lungs like a swimmer and buns like a baker's daughter. Alexa wasn't too sure what she felt. It wasn't fear. It wasn't anguish. It was intrigue. Perhaps a little excitement. He stepped forward. Don't come any closer, exclaimed Alexa, even though she secretly wanted him to get closer, much closer. It's fine, he said softly. I can sense that you are immune. Immune to the virus? To 
You? She asked. Yes. He said. You're asymptomatic. You had the virus without even knowing. Does that mean Dr. Gertlin was infected because of me? He nodded. A single tear trickled down Alexa's rosy red cheek and she closed her eyes. This was her fault. Suddenly, a strong chunk of finger rubbed across Alexa's cheek. The virus had wiped it away for her. He had been strong, but soft, assertive, yet caring. She shouldn't be feeling this way. She should be frightened, terrified, but she didn't feel any of that. The virus opened his hands and Alexa nestled her cheek into it. It was like laying on a warm, welcoming pillow. Soft and strong, dreamy and happy. Some other nice things she couldn't even describe. I'm sorry, Dr. Kirkland. (sighs) She whispered. He's gone. Said the virus. I'm here now. She nodded and shuffled towards him. He opened up his body, allowing Alexa to be engulfed into his skin and muscles. She felt his convulsing member against her waist. It was so long and warm and fat, like an arm without the bones. She wondered what it would be like when erect. What's your name? Call me COVID. He said there was something about being wrapped in his arms. She should have been scared, but instead she felt safe. The safest she'd felt. She looked up at him. His eyes were striking like a goat's, but without the sideways pupils. She couldn't look away, but they seemed to be growing bigger, wider, sexier. But Alexa suddenly realized they weren't getting bigger. They were getting closer. So close, she could see the details in his face. The spike proteins lapping away from his skin, his lips, so close she could taste them. His tongue, so soft and hot like a chunk of microwaved fish, slosh around inside her mouth. A big hand grabbed her even bigger breast, clinging on like he was climbing a mountain. COVID tore her lab coat, revealing her perfectly round, perfect breasts. He lowered his neck and chewed away her bra, allowing it to drop to the floor so her breasts were unleashed. They they bounced around like water balloons glistening in the summer sun. She had nice nipples. COVID licked Alexa up and down. Her knees buckled and she fell, but COVID reacted fast and caught her, laying her down softly on the cool tiled floor. But she didn't want him to have all the fun. She snatched at his pants, ripping what remained of them away and releasing his beast of a cock. It swelled like a balloon being filled with helium, rising up, standing to command, begging for her to take it into her hands. She grabbed it and began to stroke it up and down. Kova groaned, but didn't stop lapping at Alexa's body. His cock rocked up and down with appreciation, the veins bulging out further than she'd ever seen. She took him deep into her mouth, her throat stretching 
as he continued to grow. But this one enticed her more as she took more and more of his cock, slobbering all over it and grunting with appreciation. Then he pulled it out and made a popping sound. And he spun her over, clamping his hands down on her ass, spreading her cheeks wide so he could thrust his warbling member deep into her pocket of ecstasy. It was like an earthquake had hit the lab. COVID thrust and thrust and thrust and all Alexa could do was grab hold of the table legs and try not to crack her teeth on the floor as she lay there open mouth gasping, desperate to cry out in pleasure but not able to make a single sound. Her pussy tightened around COVID's cock as his grunting made it tighter. She's never experienced anything like that. And as she came, her entire body spasmed and she wreathed around like a bumble bull. A firm hand cracked against her ass and COVID grunted like a thunderclap. He filled her with love lotion which oozed out instantly and spread right across the floor. That will, without a doubt, thought Alexa, take a long time to clean up. But Alexa didn't care. She'd just been fucked like she'd never been fucked before. She felt amazing. She felt alive. She felt, what was this feeling? A warmth inside and out, bubbly like cola, ran through her veins as COVID wrapped her up in his arms like she was filling in a burrito. She realized that she never wanted to be apart from him. She wanted to spend eternity encased in his warming warmth. Was this love? She never felt like this before. Lust? Absolutely, but love? Never. So was this it? Was it? Was it? She looked up into COVID's eyes and he stared right back. Her heart raced. Sweat poured from her pores. He had undoubtedly taken her breath away. For the rest of the evening, Alexa and COVID remained in their embracing embrace, barely able to take their eyes away from one another. Gone were Alexa's worries. No more did she mourn Dr. Name she didn't even remember. Missing was her aching to be savage vaginally. She had listened to her heart in vagina and allowed herself to succumb to COVID's charm. She had ignored what her head had said, the dread, and instead she had embraced love. She lay still and listened to COVID's heart. As she closed her eyes, she rested and rested and rested.